0: Welcome back to Mastering Meatail, live from the Cannes Lion International Festival of Creativity, which brings the creative communications industry together for a week each year to celebrate, learn, and network. And we're here to learn about innovations in the digital advertising industry. This is another episode of our Cannes Sessions, four special episodes featuring leaders in e-commerce and advertising who are here to share their knowledge and insights recorded live from Cannes, France. I'm your host, Emma Irwin, and I'm a senior editor and specialist at Flywheel Digital. In this episode, we're talking with Uber, so let's meet our guest.
1: My name is Megan Ram. I'm Global Director of CPG. I've been at Uber about twelve months and and super excited to be chatting with y'all today,
0: thank you. And then you have a really cool career journey. But can you give me kind of a condensed of where you've been that has gotten you to Uber?
1: Yeah, I am um, been in the digital space for over twenty years. I started out on the platform side at Forbes or the publisher side, rather. Spent six or seven years there, was really excited to see the transformation from print to digital, right? and then went to Google. I was there for six years on the financial services side and also helping food and beverage companies scale their businesses. I moved to Snap in 2016, had a pre-IPO, and we were building a new medium, a lot of uh, experience in augmented reality, vertical video, and running the restaurants team, retail, and food and beverage. So most of my time on the platform side and and really excited to be at Uber as this kind of next-gen platform business. I'm excited to
0: get to talk more about it. A question we've been asking everyone first is, what are you looking forward to the most in Can this year?
1: I've been excited to see some of the sustainability talks and, and the kind of, you know, message around it, right? We, it's an important area for our industry to put forth a, a position and Uber's made some great commitments in that space. We made announcements in London last month and so excited to see the conversations around sustainability and, and responsibility. That's super cool. I like that answer. <laughs> okay. So
0: we on Mastering mutual have not covered Uber at all. Yeah. And I've only worked, had a job at all for two years, but I just recently like was digging deep into Uber advertising. Yeah. But I'd love for you to just kind of give an over- overview of kind of the timeline, what you're building, what you've built so far.
1: Yeah. So actually this is serendipitous right because we launched um, uber advertising with the journey ads format on the rider app this this time last year in can it is a video uh format now but it was display at the time um, banner focused and I think that as Uber we knew that we had an excellent creative canvas you have people captive in a ride they spend almost 20 minutes a ride right so how can you actually deliver something that's going to you know excite and delight and and even probably you know prompt them to shop or convert in that environment but we knew we had a captive of attentive audience and that um, ads could make sense in that environment we have been doing some advertising on the uber eats app mostly driven by restaurants but now have with this launch of uber advertising expanded into grocery and convenience with a full suite of performance and display products on the on the side so i think that we know we have kind of a foundational platform that makes sense to serve marketing messages to consumers across rides and eats and and the foray into advertising is just the beginning of how we can inspire and reach these people to to shop and and
0: buy. I love that. And I think a lot about like when you're taking an Uber and you're in the app, like you stay in that app for basically the whole ride because you're paying attention to where the car is going. Yeah.
1: And we, you know, we did a lot of testing, right? Like this is an environment that is consumer first and we wanted to make sure that it's not going to be disruptive to the consumer environment, that it's it's additive to what people want to watch when they're on a ride, but Ultimately, if the message is tailored to you, if you want to receive it and we're using the right data signals, we can give someone a great, a great experience in an ad. We know when you're going home, when we know you're going to the airport or maybe you're seeing a friend, you're going to the stadium. And so I think it helps with like the consumer mindset. And then what message can you deliver to them in that environment?
0: Yeah, that's amazing. What types of brands have seen kind of the most success with Uber advertising?
1: We have a pretty remarkable um, list of brands already on the platform, and that's been exciting to see. It's not everyone knows what Uber is. It's, It's not kind of a tough sell. And so I think that we've seen success from, you know, entertainment brands, luxury brands. Of course, CPG, where I'm focused, we have a wide swath from food and beverage to beauty to home and personal care. We're scaling there. So there's really something for every brand, and the data really powers the experience. So you know, we can bespoke and personalized to to bring the, the right message to the right audience. I think another thing that's attractive to advertisers is that this is a young audience. They're affluent. They have more disposable income. They're on the go, out in the world. They're not, you know, they're not behind a screen or with an Oculus on their head. They want to see cool things go cool places. And they, you know, they're receptive to marketing messages in, in that time. You know, wh- whether they're in the ride or they're looking to make a, a restaurant or convenience delivery on Eats.
0: I'm curious for... CBG brands specifically, does it make more sense to say like advertise on the Uber ride app versus Uber Eats? Like how should they be thinking about that?
1: No, I mean, we're, you know, ultimately we're looking at as a a holistic full funnel approach. I think we've heard a lot this week about retail media, about commerce media, like what that means for the consumer experience. Ultimately, we are not, one or the other, we are a, a digital platform that's, you know, enabling CPGs to reach consumers when they're an intent mindset. So for CPGs, they're very intent focused, right, when they're on the Eats app and they're, we know they're about to make a, a purchase, whether that's grocery convenience or ordering their favorite meal. And on the Rider app, there's obviously a lot of use cases to build your brand, gaming, um, rich media. And, and and then that actually can, in a fun way, translate to purchase if they wanted it to on the eat side. So the use cases for CPGs are vast. I think we're just scratching the surface with the formats and features that we're offering. And the exciting part is they see conversion, they see return on investment. And that's obviously what <laughs> CPGs care about most in this environment. And we're able to deliver it in spades on the video side, as well as the um, performance side. Can you tell me a little bit more about
0: like, measurement and reporting capabilities that uber advertising has for brands
1: we have a full suite of um, reporting capabilities measurement capabilities for cpgs obviously there's an exciting element of being able to see your organic sales data in real time and then how that would potentially move or share shift as you market on the platform and and then a lot of insights that you can derive from what's actually moving on our platform and how that might difference for some other like pure play delivery partners so we're using that data to help them see, you know, user journeys and pathways and what products they want to market, but also where opportunities would be for launching new brands to a younger consumer set and that they're seeing opportunity there because our audience is younger and it's unduplicated and it's differentiated.
0: Makes sense. Let's say you're working with a CPG brand, a partner, to kind of start ramping up advertising on Uber. Do you have any kind of like Tips or tricks for them? Any specific call-outs?
1: We spend a lot of time at the beginning getting to know their business. Like, of course, we're vertical experts, subject matter experts. The team is being being hired and staffed that way globally to understand their business at, at a global and local level, but spend a lot of time comparing data and insights that help them kind of inform what pathway they want to take and how they should approach activating on the platform there some of this stuff is table stakes they're used to you know being kind of present in a search environment serving up offers serving up sponsored listings um, things like that but a lot of it is then informing well what is the future when we've just kind of laid this always on groundwork of performance media how can we help you take advantage particularly on the mobility side to drive people into the app if that's your choice or we know if you're you know, in the ride going to a Kroger or Walmart to help them understand how they can utilize our offering to get people in store as well. So it's it's full it's a full funnel approach. It's measured. Everything has to kind of work in the models that are important to them. And that's how we're treating the business as we scale and really using data, both our, our first party data married with theirs and inclusive of sales data to help inform the strategy. And the great thing is we're global, right? So we are in squarely in pretty much every market that they are in and care about. So devising also strategies that you can test with. If it works in one market, if it, you know, if it works in US&C, we've seen, for example, Coca-Cola take that and and bring it to Mexico and then translate some of the creative to help it work in a localized manner, but still fundamentally achieving some of the same objectives. So baseline is kind of getting, getting the bullets right in terms of data and measurement and insights, but then helping them um, quickly scale and translate into global markets that they care about.
0: Amazing. I think a lot about like, on the food, grocery, convenience, delivery side of things, that's a pretty competitive space at the moment. How do you kind of feel about the future of that and then Uber's future in that space? Yeah, I
1: mean, look, we I think it was last quarter we had 2.1 billion trips worldwide. I mean, there's that's about a, a million trips. trips an hour, which is astronomical when you think about the opportunity in front of us um, from a scale perspective. We have a th- 130 million monthly active platform consumers that continues to grow. 30% of the new eaters that we see, so people that are new to the platform, will not only order restaurants, but also convert from grocery and convenience. So there's kind of a flywheel effect with the those people that order on restaurants first and then become kind of new shoppers on the grocery and convenience side. We, in every major market, have working have been working to scale the selection, which is obviously an important part of being competitive in this environment. We just got Kohl's in Australia, like major, you know, we have Carrefour and, in France, a lot of major coverage in US and C, and that's, of course helping us lead. We have drizzly as well, so that's kind of in our fold, and, and that is enabling us to, to move quickly on the on the Bev Elk side. So distribution is on our side, scale is on our side. We're working hard to make sure that the consumer experience continues to be optimal as we as we grow. and then, of course, you know, making that a well-led experience for brands as they start to look to market on the platform. Amazing answer.
0: I'm curious what the last thing you ordered from Uber Eats was.
1: Oh, I my mean, kids are Chick-fil-A. They call it Chick-fil-A. I'm like, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, they love. And then and then they've started to be like these single orders. Can we order a lemonade or can we order <laughs> Flaming Hot Cheetos? Like one one single order. So we're we're trying to bulk order when we can. But we ha- I have three boys, so we do a lot of um, intra week, both grocery convenience and um, food delivery to the Upper East Side. It's pretty. Well-oiled machine.
0: That makes sense. I love have <laughs> one
1: bag of flaming Hot Cheetos, please. <laughs> I mean, it's the convenience. And, you know, my kids aren't, aren't quite teens, but we are seeing it with the 18 to 24 to 34. They're, this is a very different grocery shopper, and they expect things quickly. They're willing to spend and repeat spend over the course of the week versus building one kind of basket, which is, I think, different from what you'll see from the, like, the legacy competitive set on, on the delivery side.
0: For sure. I think a lot about, I'm 24, so I fit in that little range. (laughs) But my parents, like, you go to the store on Sunday and you buy everything. And me... As in the cities that I've lived in, not currently, but like when I lived in big cities, I'd buy two things and get it delivered and just build the basket as I need it as I go. So it's like a real life example. Of-
1: yeah. I, you know, and I think that obviously you're 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 loyal consumers, too. And we we are developing programs to kind of help help that and incent that. So Uber One is our membership program. We re, we've re, revamped that last year. And there is you know savings that you can see each week on rides and eats you can get perks and and deals and things like that. Um, and we're working to kind of expand the exclusivity and relevance around what we bring to Uber One members because we see basket sizes higher. They spend more, they transact more. And it's a it's a, a loyal cohort of valuable global consumers that, you know, we want to continue to grow as well.
0: Love it. Let's go deeper into your role and like specifically the CPG world that Uber's focusing on. I'm kind of curious when you're looking at potential CPG partners? Like, is there anything specific you're looking for? What makes a
1: great partner out of a CPG brand? No, I think we're lucky in that they're so measured, right? Like they, they kind of push us on the outset and I've been doing this for a long time. So, you know, you, you see it, they, they need to see return. They need to see that they're driving sales or they're driving net new buyers or lifetime value or whatever it is 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 the best partners are when we're in on the ground fully understanding their business objectives and we're building towards those objectives with the the ads and the marketing solutions that we can bring to bear. Most of our partners now because we drive large volumes of organic sales for them on the platform, we you know we're we're very um embedded as just co-partners, right? We want them to win. They are winning on Uber. And how can we kind of collectively win together with the consumers that we we all care, care about? I think the other opportunity that's so exciting for CPG brands is bringing new value and life into brands that are legacy and you know I saw this from experience in on social platforms as well some of the younger consumers might not be aware of brands that are kind of tried and true household names but not necessarily ones that they were exposed to so how it is crucial for net new consumers bringing in a broader set and driving value for brands to be against like a younger consumer set and kind of be top of mind So we collectively have identified a lot of opportunities around what does it mean to kind of reintroduce your brand to a subset of younger, very kind of urban and affluent um, individuals, and and also just help them kind of be that next shopper that they that the CPGs are looking for downline.
0: Love it. I'm curious if there any kind of common concern that exists with the CPG brands that are advertising on Uber, like if there's one sort of concern that they have that comes up what is a solution to that if it exists maybe i they mean, don't i, have I wouldn't
1: say concern i would say that we know the opportunity that's in front of us on the new verticals grocery convenience and um and alcohol so it's like we cannot move fast enough we are moving as fast as we possibly can to get the products in front of them that are going to enable them to scale this is a new channel in some ways it's incremental very incremental especially in certain sub verticals like alcohol so it's really um we we want to make sure that and we work hard to consistently meet and exceed their expectations of what the experience is like when they're launching products on our platform and then how we're bringing back the insights and the data regularly to inform their their planning cycles and buy cycles they also work you know 6 to 12 months in advance so i think we're working hard to have more visibility into the future product roadmap and and what we're building so that we can kind of build together because knowing how far ahead They they plan and and kind of need to be in market. So we're all we're all working together. I think that thankfully, you know, we have some amazing partners that have been foundational for us um, and helping us build. And and then there's been a constant feedback loop. So they are willing to test. And when it goes into alpha, like how do we learn together? How do we take the alpha and kind of deconstruct it from both sides and say, what could we have done differently? What could be better? How can we optimize the ROAS or the consumer experience or even the kind of other product features that consumers might have downline or expect from downline?
0: I love the point on being willing to test because, on our side of the business, like we, our clients are primarily CPGs and most of the time, like legacy CPGs. And they are always so willing. They're like, hey, if you think it's a good idea, we are so ready to test it. We just want to see it either come to fruition or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it needs to be measured. And I think we're all we're all in alignment there. Right. If it's working, which it is, then they'll continue to invest in scale.
0: What is something you want to accomplish in your role in the next year? Oh, that's that's a
1: fun question. You know, like one of the, one of the awesome things is that we've been hiring rapidly and it's Really fun to see this team kind of grow and expand globally. I think that as we become a global team, being able to share insights like localized insights, what's what's coming back from from France and the UK and in the US and see Australia, you know, Japan, Taiwan, that can help inform like our our team's growth and and what we you know how how we go to market. So looking forward to a lot of global collaboration from our teams, learning from each other and taking strategies that work and scaling them, and then. I can't I, you know, I I can't say where we'll be in 12 months when we're back in Cannes talking again. But I do think that this business is going to look even more massive than it is today. And and the opportunity for for product development and expansion is going to be, you know, we're we're not going to kind of recognize where we were a year ago. So I I think it's just like the future expansion and the unknown is exciting thing,
0: too, for our team. That is very exciting, even doing my own like research of because I don't I don't work on advertising for Flywheel, but doing my own research of kind of seeing all the capabilities. I was like, oh, this, there's so much room to grow and like so much more to be done.
1: Yeah, I know. It's funny. It's a, a couple of people this week were like, Uber should have done this sooner. I'm like, well, we you know, we uh, we've been doing it, but we we wanted to test and we we feel like now there's never been a better time. Right. To do it. So excited to see where it goes. And we do we do feel like we have a big opportunity on our hands.
0: Amazing. Curious to kind of sort of wrap this up. Anything, like any key takeaways when it comes to advertising on Uber that you want the audience to know?
1: I think this is just a very, very exciting new audience. They want to go everywhere. They want to get anything. They want it on demand. They want it to be convenient, frictionless, and kind of work in their environments. And there's really not that many mediums out there today that can deliver Literally and figuratively on the things that consumers want. So I think it's, it's a new platform, ton of new inventory, global. And, you know, we're excited for any brand, big or small, that wants to come on this journey with us. Perfect.
0: Last question for you. What is the best or coolest or most innovative thing you've already seen at Can?
1: I would say this is an innovative, but it's so much fun to see so many friends and so many, so many people I haven't seen for so long. You know, I saw someone the other day that I hadn't seen in twelve years, and I've now seen them three times in the past three days. So I think it's it's as much about the learning and and the, you know, the creativity, which is obviously inspiring to us all, but just getting our larger community together in person to to share ideas and to celebrate our relationships and friendships. So that's the best part for me always amazing. And that wraps up another
0: episode of our canned sessions. Thank you to Megan Ram and Uber for the time and content, and be sure to listen to the rest of our sessions coming this week, and we'll see you next time.